Down the Rabbit Hole, episode number 33. It's starting right now. Carl Baldwin, how are you? I am fine, Rafa. As usual, I'll just make a comment about the weather. The weather is it's a beautiful morning, a beautiful autumn morning. Um, it's probably about maybe, I don't know, eight degrees. Um, yeah, I think it may snow soon. Soon, I, I think, think so. Yeah. Because the temperature at night is getting down to like uh-huh. two, two degrees, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so for you uh, Clujonians, obviously, yes. uh-huh. just looking out the window for everybody else, it's irrelevant. Right? It's irrelevant, but yeah. if you would like the weather in, I, of your city... I could say what the weather's it. like where you are. You would like to sponsor us that. Yeah. Or maybe instead of the weather, you would like your brand to be announced. Absolutely. Just get in touch with us. Yeah. We can arrange something for sure. Yeah, especially if it's something edible. <laughs> yeah. Or wearable. Or wearable. We like both of those things. <laughs> anyway. Yes. What, what so do we got? We have actually a very interesting topic, mm. which has a very controversial uh, history, po- history mm. and part. A uh, lot of um, conspiracy theories and uh, some of them are really just fantasies. Mm. Some yeah. We can of, never know. A lot of nonsense and a lot of stuff that will remain mysterious, yeah. I think. Mystery. We will never know the truth, yeah. I think. So we're going to talk about the Nazi super weapons Nazi. or Nazi weapons that, yeah. you know, they were created during World War II and after. Specifically. You know, actually World War II. Towards the end. Towards when, the end, yeah. When things were getting a little bit... Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> hard for them. <laughs> a little difficult. But there's a reason of why we're yeah. doing this topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, the reason why we're doing this topic is I came across a, an interesting article about a, uh, an interview uh, between a journalist, a science journalist, and uh, a NASA, I think it's actually NASA chief scientist. Uh-huh. And uh, what they were talking about was a uh, potential project to send a, uh, a kind of uh, wing, flying wing uh, body, a flying wing to Mars. So this uh-huh. flying wing would be dropped into the atmosphere and it would potentially be obviously uh, kind of uh, self-controlling uh, most of the time because it would have to be, obviously. Uh, the interesting thing was that the reference was made in the uh-huh. article to actually the kind of blended wing um, technology, if that's the word, that was developed by the Nazis during the Second World War, which we will touch on more in the second program, mm-hmm. uh, but actually was most evidenced by the the Horton uh, flying wing, which if you're in the US, uh, you can actually go and see an original Horton, I think it's the A229, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, is it? Yeah, the A Horton two two nine. They actually have one of the original airframes and a reproduction in the San Diego uh, Space and Science Museum, which I've seen, and it is a fascinating, um, fascinating mm-hmm. thing to see when you consider it is yeah. almost eighty years ago. That yeah. old, and since this is the first show, yeah, we're going to be talking about. Some very interesting projects they had. Yeah, we are. Well, we're going to talk more about them. The weird ones. Engineering-wise. Engineering, In the second yes. program, but in yeah. the first program, the more weirder 
The weirder one. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> Should we just hint on what we're going to talk about in the second part? Yeah, okay. If we just quickly run through quickly, what we've yeah. uncovered, shall we say? In the next show. Which, by the way, wasn't that difficult, but there you go. <laughs> anyway, so towards the end of the Second World War, the uh, the um, the Nazis were obviously getting quite desperate to make some kind of an impression to push back against the uh powers that were allied against them, which was obviously getting bigger and bigger with Russia coming in and then the US coming in to support those plucky Brits, right? Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, so obviously more and more bizarre projects got, uh, shall we say, funding, although I suspect it was more <laughs> at, the uh-huh. end of, at the end of a gun, but there you go. Um, anyway, so the first one, which this is the first of a list we'll be looking at a little bit more in the second program, was a, a fucker wolf um interceptor now what was uh-huh. what was interesting about it was it was jet powered jet powered yeah. and it was called the TA283 and unfortunately by the time or not unfortunately by the time the british troops actually captured the fockable factory in 1945 uh they had not yet built the first prototype it was drawn the engineering drawings there, but they never actually got it built. Um, and also in development was another German uh, fighter, the Henschel 132, mm-hmm. um, which we have some quite super pictures of. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, this is this is radio, so you can't see those. No, but we will, but, next show we will put also some pictures absolutely. there. Absolutely. So that's the first one, the first jet interceptor. Uh, never actually saw service. Then the next one is the V3 Supergun. Mm-hmm. And this was intended to be operated in kind of huge uh, groups of them uh, that would fire supersonic or hypersonic uh, um, ammunition, quite large. And uh, they actually managed to build a prototype, but they didn't manage to build the... They started to build the installation or the super gun, but uh, again, those plucky Brits, they <laughs> they dropped some bunker busters on the, on yeah. the site and, and just destroyed it. So we'll talk a bit more about that in the next programme, and we're hoping to also have a special guest in the next programme that can talk, Ho- more, hopefully, talk yes. more about these things. Uh-huh. Um, but we'll leave that to that occasion. The next one we're going to talk about uh, in the next programme is... Uh, uh, what would have been the world's first vertical takeoff aircraft, which was actually uh, propeller uh, used propellers that mm-hmm. swivelled, very much like the one in use by the U.S. Army today. Uh, that was a Fokker Agelis FA two six nine. The next one, which actually saw service, was built by the German Arado company. The AR two three four was actually a jet bomber. Mm-hmm. actually did see some service as a surveillance craft. And then the next one that we'll touch on in the next programme was a space plane, the Silber Vogel, and that never got beyond the drawing stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, Stayed as an idea, that, as a project, and that, that's it. That could have been a game changer, right? Uh-huh. Now, one that did actually fly, the Horton 229, we mentioned it earlier, Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the amazing thing about the Horton is that it is a rudderless aircraft. It is what you would recognise today 
as a kind of a stealth bomber. And amazingly, the um, the paint that was used on that was proposed that they were going to use on the Horton two to nine actually had charcoal mixed in with it. And apparently, this charcoal was meant to absorb radar waves mm-hmm. to actually make it less visible on radar. Mm-hmm. Quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, we are talking literally eighty years ago, right? Yeah. And then the last one is the A9A10 suborbital rocket, which was meant to drop ordnance on the USA, amongst mm-hmm. other places. So those are the things we're going to touch on, but I think, Rafa, we have a couple of things that yeah. uh, we want well, to bring up that were more fantasy, right? Yeah, the thing is that uh, by the end of the Second World War, by the end of 1945, mm. uh, it was believed... Mid-1940s. Or has been mentioned in many mm. places, even on TV, you know, mm. documentaries and so on, that actually the Third Reich was uh, undertaking some uh, weird uh, stuff. research and development uh, stuff. Mm. Uh, one of those things includes a special division that they had for right. uh, this kind of occult and oh, yeah. supernatural stuff. Yeah. But... If we are talking about aircrafts and weapons, mm. I think one of the most uh, famous uh, mysterious conspiracy theory artifact is the Glock, the bell. The bell, yeah. Uh, the bell is known is thought to that. Well, actually existed or ex- exists or existed at a certain point in time. Yeah, as a project. There are pictures of allegedly allegedly this, thing, this right? and pictures allegedly of the plans to build it mm. up. And there are two main uh, theories about this. Mm. One, it was a wormhole machine. That's my favorite. Yes, actually three. Second <laughs> one was an anti-gravitational device. Anti-gravitational device, right. So it would fly like a flying saucer, let's say, like style. An en- like an engine, right? Like levitation an engine. device. Yes. Yeah. And the other one is mm. that it was a time travel machine. Time travel. All of those are good. All of those... We love those ideas. Yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, the thing is that uh, it was never really uh, discovered, and probably we will never know, if this weapon was actually intended for either of those three... Or if it was a weapon at all. Or if it was existing at all, or if it was just something planted there. And usually those tests were done uh, in in some secret facilities in northern Germany. That's right, in these tunnel installations they had. Exactly, and actually that's, I think, what added a lot more uh, mystery mystery to it because, you know, there were all these connecting tunnels. Because there's also, of course, this recent thing, this Nazi gold train stuff, which is in Uh Austria, right? Yes. Which is under this uh, big house or mansion or castle or something uh-huh. that was allegedly originally meant to be potentially the headquarters in exile of the Nazi regime. Mm-hmm. And the, apparently under the that area, there are miles and miles and miles of tunnels with all kinds of stuff. Anyway, that's yeah. in Austria, right? But you're right, it was... So, uh, allegedly the experiment of the belt was actually carried in a facility called the Giant. The Giant. Yeah, close to the Czech border. Yeah. So, supposedly was the bell was made of metal, hard 
heavy metal. And did it have mercury, liquid mercury in there? Or yes, it uh, was filled with a mercury-like substance because they a cannot assess metal, yes, yeah. Yeah. if it was or not. And it was approximately 9 feet wide and 12 to 15 feet high, having mm. the shape of a you know large bell. And apparently it used huge amounts of power, is that correct? It what? Used huge amounts of electrical power. Yes. And this uh, liquid, metal. liquidish-like metal mm. was violet in color, and it was a, it had a code name, uh, Serum 525. Serum 525. Yes. I love the sound of that. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, the story goes that it was stored in tall, thin thermos uh, flasks mm-hmm. uh, one meter high, mm. and it was encased in lead. So I think I've seen that movie. Exactly. Around all this, <laughs> and even, you know, when we were searching for this, uh, a little more about the, the yeah. bell, appears, of course, a, a picture of Hitler encountering an... A grey alien. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the alien's looking at him going, <laughs> like, what? What? What do you want? <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's obviously... A Photoshop. Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're saying obviously, but we're using inverted commas. But the interesting part is that, uh, let's see, if some people want to call it evidence, yeah. there is a, in there, that what they call the bell uh, henge. Bell henge, I like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a construction that was found in the area where they claim that was oh, held yeah. uh, a kind of... A, a flying saucer. Cir- yes, a circle. Yeah. Uh, because there's power lines running to it, isn't Exactly, they, they were yeah. supposed to be power lines running yeah. there. Yeah. And it was made of stone. Anti-grav, right? Uh-huh. It was made of stone because they couldn't be made of metal or whatever. Exactly. And that there, the experiments were happening yeah. Yeah. In, in this part. I mean, it is fascinating, right? Uh-huh. So what do you think the Germans would have intended with what were they this doing? belt, you know? Mm. Uh, I mean, don't, don't you think that in that situation, obviously, people were under a lot of pressure, right? Actually, German was under a lot of pressure. Well, obviously, but German scientists were under a lot of pressure to help uh, the regime. Yeah, doubled. <laughs> and, and, and literally, I would imagine, if somebody from high up in the Nazi regime came to a scientist and said, uh, I hear you're, you know, you're, you're pretty good at blah, blah, we want you to work on this, you're not going to say no, are you? No. <laughs> you, just, you just don't have any choice, right? At all. So it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of these projects were actually never going to produce anything, but they had no yeah. choice but to try uh-huh, and uh-huh. to show that they were making the effort, don't you think? So, of course, I don't know. If they would have tried mm. to be a time travel machine, wow. certainly they would have tried probably to try to go to the past, and change the past. Yes. But, like we have mentioned, in fact, in our first show, yeah. traveling to the past very has, tricky. is very tricky and Consequences. can be claimed that is not even possible, actually. And in the multiverse uh, uh, theory, theory, of course, you can alter something in the past, but when you come back to your future, it's exactly the same. Uh-huh. Because all you've done is create a new timeline. A new timeline. Which uh-huh. you're not in. <laughs> exactly. Right? So this, uh, you know, has a lot of problems to yeah. believe that could have been like this, or if they could even try, or if it even worked to do that. Well, yeah. In the case of the gravitational, 
I think it's more possible <sighs> that they could have made something like this. Something. Even right now, we can see even there are some even toys that work with uh, yeah. uh, electromagnetism, making yeah. them float well, or bases or things. I've also read about this Bell project that um, uh, when it was operating, people actually fell ill uh, around it. Now, which, Probably because of the substances and the well, it could be material. Va- could be vapors. Obviously, yeah. they, they didn't understand too much about these kinds of things. Or it could be very high strength electromagnetic fields could be a problem. Even although radioactive have, stuff? It could be radioactive. I was going to say about electromagnetic fields, of course, we do have those around MRI scanners. And Yeah. Although, and people are actually in those, so I don't know about that. Um, so, and of course, we now have certain technologies that are being developed that move are moving towards this kind of anti-grav what a what uh-huh. look like anti-grav but they're not really uh-huh. but the technology they had at the time was pretty crude right yeah yeah we've discussed this right i mean mm-hmm. they didn't have semiconductors they didn't have computers no so that's why when you start to think about although the brits did have- right <laughs> Could they have been able to use the bell yeah. as a wormhole, wormhole creator? Yeah, I wouldn't like to go through it if they did. What? But, you know, that's an interesting part because if they... It's hard to actually think that they thought of maybe traveling to other places using a wormhole. Because I think that's a more modern conception about uh, wormholes. To me, that strikes me as modern thinking applied being applied to, to an old... Yes. Myth, right? So that's why it's a little hard to yeah. to believe this kind of part. Probably it was just an engine. And they didn't have the understanding of physics or theoretical physics. They just didn't have it, right? Well, they had scientists working in there. I mean, they we did. know that uh, Von Braun was working, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then when he went to the Allies, they he practically developed all the space program of the US. It brought the drawings with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And here's one I made earlier. Well, that looks like a V2. Uh, okay, let's try to put an R2. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's put an American flag on the side. Oh, that's better. Right. Now it looks different. <laughs> that's right. We can sell that. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, what happened at the end of the Second World War was that um, the Allies came in, saw what the, uh, the regime was doing in terms of scientific research, and it was a feeding frenzy, right? Of Every, course, Every all the allies were trying to, to grab scientists. scientists, materials, drawings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was a free for all, right? And it was who got what. Yeah, and of course the uh, Americans got the rocket technology. Yes, and of completely. course there are many uh, publicly available videos of the Americans test firing rockets, and guess what? They look like V two rockets. Because they For are. For obvious reasons, <laughs> yeah. So. And, well, this is the story with uh, the famous bell. Yeah. And another one, we have a very weird story, the sun gun. Sun gun. A kind of a disc shape. A space mirror. Yeah, a space mirror. Is what it is. Right? Practically, yeah. It's like a it's just mirror a, on space. I can imagine some Nazi scientists out there shaving, going, hmm. Maybe I could sell this to the regime. <laughs> <laughs> Which was supposed to reflect... The sun. The sun to a certain area. To a so spot. Imagine you have a naughty child with a, a magnifier... Yeah. On an ant. Burning an ant. 
Same, same yeah. principle. I imagine that bigger in scale. space. Yeah. I think they were talking about something like two kilometers wide or something. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, I think that we can't do that now. Right? No, we just can't. So I think a two-kilometer uh, object a, in space, you a, would see it from here. A two-kilometer anything, you would see, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't think the Germans were going to do it. Uh, what if, what, what if on Earth, when they fire this weapon, mm. you put other mirror down here? And just and reflect, yeah. reflect it back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Take that, you Nazis. <laughs> I counter your mirror with my even larger mirror. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one is kind of also a crazy one. Uh, And we have another one, uh, Uh, which which is is, uh, not other one, but more about this uh, institute or division. Oh, yeah. Which is the fact that uh, they also had this, uh, uh, how can we say, uh, like for the occult and paranormal. thing about the occult in the And among all the experiments made on on humans... Was to try to create a super soldier. So, and we have seen this story also a lot between Captain America yeah. and the Red Skull. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, always these two stories co- colliding as well. And there's a couple of movies along that. Of course. Of older movies. Uh huh. So, besides the fact that they were going to create a super soldier, they were cr- trying to develop serums to enhance some kind of steroid uh, yeah. treatment based and so on, human growth. Yeah. Uh, they, there's the story that in their, you know, secret underground lairs and things <laughs> like this, they actually uh, try to make zombies. Zombies, yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, <laughs> yeah. the story says that they tried. With drugs, presumably, right? Yes. So, what I don't know what to think about this one, you know. Yes. Um... It, it's a lot... Uh, there's a lot of speculation. All these kind of, of speculations really look like movies already that we know, have already seen. I know. You know? And, Indiana Jones, for yeah, example. Yeah. And, of course, uh, if you look at the US in the late 50s, early 60s, the CIA were actually found out carrying out um, drug experiments on an unwitting population <laughs> with LSD and all this kind uh-huh. of stuff. So it's not as if, you know, there's, there's probably some basis of truth in it. Uh-huh. But I doubt whether it got very far. So, um, and we have a lot of stories about them trying to find the Ark of the Covenant, thinking to be a, a kind weapon. of weapon, nuclear yeah. device stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, the Spear of Destiny, the... Yeah. Um, Other stuff. What, the Holy Grail. <laughs> the Holy Grail. Uh, uh, pieces uh, of the cross where Christ was crucified and, yeah. you know... Allegedly. Stuff like this that were supposed to yeah. held and create a super Have weapon. Power or, or power up stuff. Yeah. So it's it's endless. Endless, right? endless material. This is what the internet was made for, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think there's enough stuff around for you to see. But we can recommend right now, mm. before we pass to books and movies. Oh yeah. There's a show if you would like to see more on yeah. PBS. Yeah. Uh, you can go to pbs.org slash Nazi Mega Weapons season, season one. Yeah. Uh, you can find it for there. pbs.org. Looks search quite, for it. Looks quite interesting. And, you know, they will talk about all these hmm. uh, weapons, uh, artifacts, and things that they tried. Yeah. So, 
Let's move to books. Let's move to books. Shall I do the first one? Yeah, because this is also a very good one. It is a very good one. And of course... And there's a TV series about there it. There is a Amazon TV series, uh-huh. I think it is, which we've both watched. Yeah. The first and second series, I think. Um, we're waiting for the third one. And uh, we've featured this book before. It is yep. The Man in the High Castle uh, by the American author, my one of my all-time favourites, Philip K. Dick. And... It is a story set 15 years after the Second World War's end, and one of the main kind of uh, plot elements is centred on the plans by the Nazis to make a preemptive strike on Japanese home islands. And the idea is that the Allies didn't win the war, uh, but the Japanese and the Nazis split the US kind of down the middle. Yeah. Between them. So the eastern seaboard was Nazi territory and the western seaboard was, was Japanese. Japanese. There was and, a small area, yeah, no one n- land. Neutral zone. Yeah, neutral zone, yeah. And basically the Nazis have developed um, uh, super fast travel and they've colonised the moon, Venus and Mars. They did not hang about, right? Yeah. And uh, Hitler has died of uh, syphilis. <laughs> yeah. What a surprise. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Bormann is the new Reichfuhrer. Uh-huh. And um, it is a fascinating, the book is fascinating. It has a twist in it that we'll not tell you about. Uh, the uh, Amazon series is fantastic. It's fantastically the done. The quality, production values are yeah. movie quality. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, totally recommended. Either the watch, book either, and the series. Totally. Totally. Next one. Next one, we have Fatherland. Yeah. Robert Harris. Very famous book, actually. So, in the Nazi German, won, uh, won World War II. And the detective, um, uh, Xavier, uh, Javier Xavier, March, yeah. mm-hmm. works for the Cripo investigating the suspicious demise uh, of uh, Joseph uh, Buller, a high ranking Nazi. The dead is attached to a political scandal involving senior Nazi officials who are also being murdered. So the Gestapo claims jurisdiction and orders the Kripo to close its investigation. And with the help of a female American uh, journalist, yeah. uh, Charlie Maguire, uh, March uncovers the truth behind the murders. The Gestapo is eliminating those behind the Holocaust. In this timeline, the German people are not generally aware of the Holocaust because in the end, they won. Yeah. Uh, so that the Nazi crimes are not revealed. So they're trying to cover it up. Yes, it's a cover-up story. It's yeah. a great book, and there's a movie. And there's a movie. And the movie's very good. I haven't seen the movie. It is very good. Okay. Totally recommended. Last and the next one. one yeah. <laughs> this is completely <laughs> batshit crazy. Uh-huh. This is called The Iron Dream by Norman Spinrad, by his very unusual name. Uh, it's an alternate history book, uh... Hitler is not the Führer in this uh-huh. uh, in this fu- in this timeline. He is, in fact, the writer of smutty fascist science fiction. <laughs> so imagine uh, what those kinds of movies would be like. And uh, it's basically a, a a very aggressive and fierce deconstruction of uh, hard science fiction and makes you look again at the kind of familiar tropes that are used in hard science fiction. It is set in 1972, yeah. and it's kind of like a story within a story. 
and Hitler emigrated to America uh, in 1919 after the Great War, after he had a bit of a dabble in politics and found it wasn't for uh-huh. him. And it turns out he's a successful writer churning out <laughs> sexy science fiction adventures. Oh, Adolf writes a pulp post-apocalypse sci-fi novel called Lord of the Swastika, a pro-fascist narrative. But unfortunately, he dies from a brain hemorrhage shortly afterwards. Now, I have not read this book, yeah. but I may read it because it sounds pretty hilarious. <laughs> it so, <does. laughs> so, so those are our three book recommendations. I've read two of them. I've not uh-huh. read that last one. So movies. Movies. We've both seen this one, right? Uh, I think every, more, a lot of people, I think, have seen this one. Okay. And there's okay. a sequel after this. But... No, but it's not out yet, is it? Yeah, that oh, is it out? it's is almost it? out or was out. Yeah. I don't know, that one of the dinosaurs, right? They're, they're still trying to edit yeah. it into something coherent. Probably. <laughs> but I think everybody has seen Iron Sky from 2012, yeah. where the Nazis build a moon base in 1945 and hide there until 2018, where they plan to return to power. So yeah. we have two more years. Left. Yeah, they have flying saucers. They yeah. have everything, right? Laser technology, you know. They've still got the long leather coats, great Those, uniforms. Uh, well, Great uh, fashion there, you know. Oh, it's, they were looking good. I would use one. <laughs> I, yeah, they, they look great. They got the shiny boots. They got, it's just fantastic. And yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, it only got thirty five thirty six percent. But I added that comment at the end. It's so bad, it's good, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, kick back with a few beers, some popcorn. <laughs> you I, really have a. I don't know how fun. you can't enjoy it. It's just yeah. laugh out loud funny. Unintentionally. <laughs> Unintentionally. And this movie we have mentioned before. Yeah. Well, we have talked about have other stuff. I think we may have mentioned this next one yeah. as well. And, of course, the next one. A classic. Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? In, yes. Nin- 1981. Yeah. All Indiana Jones movies actually apply mostly they, to this. They're kind of in this vein, uh, except the last one, which was rubbish, ah, obviously. Of course. <laughs> uh, but this one, our, in particular. our renowned uh, archaeologist, uh, Indiana Jones, is hired by the US government to find the Ark of the Covenant. Uh-huh. Nobody's been able to find it, but in 90 minutes he finds it and then loses it again, which is pretty good. Uh-huh. And it's meant to hold the Ten Commandments, but it turns out it's full of sand and ghosts, or spirits of some Spirit, kind. Something. Some kind of stuff, yeah, right? That- just uh, people, if you watch. And unfortunately, to make it extra entertaining, the Nazis are after it as well. So It's like a race for it. It's a race against time, right? Uh-huh. And that, unsurprisingly, got 94% on Rotten Tomatoes because it is a damned entertaining film, right? It's a class. Even my daughter likes that one. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> right? They are great, but now... This I have not seen, actually. Well, I've... I'm aware of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. What I'm surprised at is it's Rotten Tomatoes rating. It's 83%. And oh, yeah. we're talking about Dead Snow, Red versus Death. 2014. From 2014. Uh, Martin mistakenly thinks that things could not get worse after he kills his girlfriend with an axe. Cuts off his arm with a chainsaw and watches his friends be devoured by Nazi zombies. Now, what cannot be entertaining about that movie, right? Yeah. I mean, I may even watch that. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds. This is what we were talking about: Nazi zombies. Yeah, exactly, Nazi zombies, right? Yeah. Um, so but having an eighty-three percent there, it's that must quite mean a it must mean it's entertaining. Right? Yeah. It must mean it's entertaining. Uh huh. So if we're willing to watch High and Sky at thirty-six percent, 
We, sh- <laughs> we should be falling over ourselves to watch. This one, yeah. At 83, right? Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyway, like this, we finished for today. Mm. But wait for the next one next week because hopefully we'll have a special guest. Yes. To talk about history, real history. Relevant to this Relevant to area. what actually the Nazis did. Yeah. Exactly. So, thank you, Carl. See you next week. Thank you, Rafa. See you next week. And we talk to you next week down the rabbit hole. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved. Dark Mind Radio 2016